Now, can we have a copy of this back there? Yep, sure thing. Thank you. Great. Sometimes things that look small on the outside are actually really quite big on the inside. I used to watch Doctor Who uh, when I was a kid, when I was five and six in England actually, and I found the music so scary and the Daleks so scary. Um, But I was always amazed at the TARDIS. Um, You know that English phone box that looks so small from the outside, but then it's actually really big on the inside? I was always amazed at that when I was a kid. So that got me thinking about things that look small on the outside but are actually really big on the inside. Any kids or any adults, can you think of anything that looks small on the outside but becomes big somehow? Any? Not yet? No? Never mind. Sign? Caterpillar and a cocoon. Okay. A caterpillar oh, opens up its wings and it's like, that's a good one. Yeah. Anyone else? Something small that, that actually is quite big somehow in some way. Pull out! <laughs> That's it, Luke. <laughs> yep. Or like Hermione's bag in Harry Potter, where she just puts everything in. Mary Poppins' bag. Yes, Mary Poppins. That's it. A little bud, and then it opens up. It's this big thing. Oh yeah, that's right. One cigarette can destroy. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit nicer that one. Yes, my goodness, they can be have great meaning, can't they? Um, one thing that I thought about that looks really big on the, it looks really small on the inside, and then turns out to be big somehow. A fireworks. Look how small that firework rocket is, you know, smaller than an arm. And yet, it explodes into something so large. Sometimes things that look really small can have a really, really big impact. Can you imagine telling someone from the 1930s that this little equation, E equals MC squared, would be able to change the world? How's that possible? How could this equation change the world? Yet somehow that ended a world war. Something as small as a bunch of microscopic atoms could cause an explosion that could level a whole city. Here's a tree that's uh, 10 metres tall. Here's a boy, Lee, next to it. He's only a metre high. And of course, Lee's got two eyebrows, except for those that, like, like all of us, except for those unfortunate enough to have a monobrow. <laughs> and the distance between either side is, what, 10 centimetres? A tenth again. And that coloured part of Lee's eye is now 10 times shorter again at one centimetre. And that flea that's just jumped on his face <laughs> and caused these bites like Simon's got right now is shorter again at one millimetre. Bear with me, we're we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Now, now that flea by the eyelid is ten times wider than the width of Lee's hair in the eyelid. So let's now go under the skin a bit. And we see some blood vessels, right? (laughs) And in those blood vessels, those red ones, travel the red blood cells. 
And that's now 10 times smaller than the hair again in width. And there floating just above it is a bacterium. And that bacterium is 10 times smaller than the red blood cell. And there just below it is a virus, which is another 10 times smaller again. Now, in the centre of that virus, here, COVID, <laughs> is um, some DNA. Strand of DNA turns out to be about 10 times smaller than the virus in width. Now, floating next to that DNA is some glucose down below there. See, there it is. Now, zoomed in another uh, 10 times, that glucose is 10 times smaller than the DNA in width. Glucose is made up of carbon and oxygen and uh, hydrogen. So let's zoom into one of those atoms. Let's zoom into hydrogen, which is now 10 times smaller than that glucose molecule. So finally, we get to that hydrogen atom. Almost a trillionth as wide as that original tree. It's tiny, really, really, really small. So let's take a gram of that hydrogen, or at least the isotope of deuterium. One gram of it. And with that, we can make a nuclear bomb that could explode an entire city, that can destroy an entire city, just one gram of that stuff. That's how much energy comes out of it. Something as tiny as a gram of hydrogen contains that much energy. Something so small yet so big. Sometimes small things can have a big impact. Something small and lowly can actually change the world. God certainly worked that way in the first Christmas. An event that changed lives and changed the world. The very first sentence of Luke 2 speaks about the man who must have been considered the most important person in the world at the time, Caesar Augustus in red. If I was going to pick someone to change the world, I would have chosen someone like Caesar, someone with power and authority. But this mention of Caesar is the only time Caesar is mentioned in the whole book of Luke except when Jesus is explaining what's on a Roman coin. So instead of choosing a hugely powerful emperor to change the world, God instead chose chose two lowly people for this life-changing story. He chose a carpenter and his young bride, just poor working class. Two people without power, without prestige, unknowns. It's the same with where God uh, chose to begin this world-changing story. If I was going to change the world, I would have chosen a big city, probably Rome. That was the centre of the world at the time. But God chose a little village called Bethlehem. Not even the local religious capital of Jerusalem. Just a little out-of-the-way village. And he had a question. Would you have actually picked a really big city? I would have picked a big city, yeah. London? Well, London was probably not existing then. (laughs) Londinium, I think it was called in ancient Roman times as well. Um... And when God announced this message of the world-changing event, it wasn't to the religious leaders. He didn't announce it to Caesar, to the noble local families. He didn't send his angels to the chief priests, the important leaders. He sent this message to shepherds. Just simple men, not, not educated, not rich, not influential, just the little people 
And where did this seemingly small story that changed the world begin? Not a huge temple, not a palace, not a mansion, not even a house. Just a stable for animals. God used the smallest, least important thing to do something incredibly big on that first Christmas. One of my favourite fictional books is C.S. Lewis's book, The Last Battle. It's a good book, isn't it? In this book, uh, which is set in another world, another universe, there's a story that revolves around a stable. And when certain people walk through that stable door, they enter not a small, dark room, but an enormous, bright, fresh land. And one of the characters of the book, Lucy, who was a visitor from our world, says these words. Yes, in our world too, a stable once had something inside it that was bigger than our whole world. On that first Christmas, God, who's greater than our entire universe, became small and lowly and a baby. And so that stable in Bethlehem had some, someone in it, something, someone that was bigger than our whole world. Not only does God use small things for big purposes, though, not only does he lift up the lowly to be great, he himself became lowly, small. The eternal God the Son, who existed before time, as we read in John 1 earlier, who created the universe simply by his words, he became a baby, born that night, He became Emmanuel, God with us. Small and lowly, a tiny baby. But with the biggest mission in history. A mission of salvation and a mission of peace. Saviour, peace. I don't know if you think you need salvation or if you think you need peace. Maybe you've got it all together. Maybe you don't need help in life. Maybe you don't ever mess anything up. Maybe you don't have fears or anxieties. Maybe you're not afraid of loss or death. But maybe you're like me. Maybe you don't have it all together, even when it looks like you do. Maybe you don't need help. Uh, Maybe, sorry, you do need help because you can't manage on your own. Maybe you've messed up a lot of things in your life. Maybe you're scared about the unknown future. You're anxious. You worry. Afraid of loss, afraid of death. If that's you, you need salvation. You need peace. Just like I do. And that's what God's mission was that night in Bethlehem. It was to bring salvation. To bring peace. Because God cares about you. He cares about those of us who don't think we're important. He cares about those who struggle. After all, we're his creatures. You know, if we care so much for our own children who we didn't create, how much more must God care for us who he formed and fashioned with his words in hand? God cares about us. That's why he came to earth that night. It's why he lived, it's why he shone his light as he walked the Judean and Galilean countryside. It's why he died, it's why he rose again, 
showing us that he defeats death for us. God cares for the lonely, the unimportant. He calls for us to care for them too. The shepherds that God sent angels to that night to announce his coming, they understood that everyone needs to hear this message. They knew they needed to care enough about others too, just like God had cared enough for them. So what did they do as soon as they saw the baby, as soon as they heard the news about the baby who was their king and who would be their saviour? They told others. They, wouldn't, they didn't consider anyone else too lowly to tell. They couldn't contain their joy. They shared the good news with everyone. Everyone they came across. That's why we know today. God cares about the lonely. He uses small things, including us who are small, for big purposes. And there's no bigger purpose for each one of us than to find salvation and to find peace. Knowing that God's preparing for us an eternal home for each one of us. So that's, that's our purpose, to find peace, to find salvation. That's also our calling to tell others about this peace and this salvation. Because it's there for them too. So that is the message we need to take into 2022. Let's sing our final.